Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the SJN Podcast. So on the last episode, we had discussed about Saquon Barkley and his contract situation. Today, we are going to be discussing a fury or a flurry of New York sports news that is going on in late June. Brooklyn Nets draft and the New York Knicks draft. The New York Knicks declining and extending player slash team options. The New York Yankees with Aaron Judge and his injury. And the Mets making a little trade with the Los Angeles Angels. Let's get started with the Brooklyn Nets draft. 2023 draft, the Brooklyn Nets had three draft picks. They had the 21st, the 22nd, and the 51st pick. If you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you have to be somewhat ecstatic because in the last five or the last decade, you guys have not had that many draft picks. Reasons were you traded for James Harden or even prior to that when you traded for Paul Pierce and um, Kevin Garnett. But let's move on to the draft. Players that were taken with the 21st pick was Noah Clownley. And with the 22nd pick, it was Derek Whitehead. And with the 51st pick, you drafted Jalen Wilson. Now, with these draft picks, you have to look at the front office mentality of the Brooklyn Nets. They had a surplus of wings and forwards on this team. From my understanding is that they drafted more on, not position need, but on talent itself. If we're looking at this, I would have to give them a grading system from A to F, I would have to give them a B. Because one of the players that should be on your radar or a player that you have really high hopes for is Dariq Whitehead. Now you're going to say, why did Dariq Whitehead slip all the way to 22nd? He was a projected lottery pick. Well, the guy had a lot of injuries coming into this draft. He was unable to participate in um, draft workouts why he slid down to the 22nd pick. It kind of reminds me of when Michael Porter Jr. was drafted by the Denver Nuggets. He was supposed to be a number one draft pick, but because he was injured, he slid to around the 10 to 12th pick. And that's why Denver was able to draft him that year. But if you're a Nets fan, you have to be excited because the future is now. The adding of these young players... Plus the players that are on your roster with Cam Johnson and Michael Bridges. You have to be very excited for what they were doing. Overall, good things are happening for the Nets. And one thing I will say about the Nets is they were able to move on very quickly from their older core of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. They were able to trade Harden. Get some players back. I guess you could say Ben Simmons. You could still have hope for Ben Simmons, but that's another story for another day. Moving on to Kyrie Irving, he wasn't happy. You were able to get rid of him, and you also were able to get rid of Kevin Durant and get some young assets plus draft picks, which you're able to use for this year. So you're in the Nets. You're in a very good spot. Moving on to the crosstown rival, the New York Knicks, the Knicks did not have any draft picks. But what I found was pretty interesting was that the Knicks actually signed an undrafted free agent, Jacob Toppin. 
Why is that important? Because it's Obi Toppin's brother. Now this comes as a surprise because if you're following the Twitter sphere, as I call it, where you could find basically anything and everything, there was an audio clip that leaked that during the playoffs there was a fallout between Coach Thibodeau and Obi Toppin. Now, remember, Obi Toppin is on the last year of his rookie deal. He signed with the Knicks in 2020. People don't look into this, but from my perspective, I think the Knicks signed him was uh, Toppin's brother was to try to appease Toppin so they can make amends. Because right now it seems there's a fallout between Toppin, Toppin and Coach Thibodeau and the New York Knicks organization. Very, very frustrated because of the role that he's been given. As a guy who's a lottery pick, you should be getting a lot of playing time. The problem is when they drafted him, they had Julius Randle. We'll see how it goes from there. Like I said, the Knicks did not have any draft picks, but I thought that was just an interesting signing. When I looked on my phone, I said, oh, wow, his brother. And they signed him to a two-year deal. Now let's move on to the team options for the New York Knicks. The Knicks declined the team option of Derrick Rose for $15.6 million. If people don't know what a team option is, it means there's a set amount of money. So in this deal, there's a $15.6 million option. So if the team picks it up, Derrick Rose is signed for another year. If you decline it, that player becomes a free agent. So this came to me as no surprise. Derrick Rose was not getting much playing time, even last year. He played five minutes in the playoffs against the Cavs in the first round. He was in sparingly. I just remember him going in into Chicago. And the reason why they brought him in was to, you know, get the crowd, get the ovation going for him. He served more as a role model for young guards such as Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, and Quickly. I thought that was a good uh, for a leadership role. They can learn from a guy who's been there, who's been at the stardom, who knows how to play the game the right way, good person. But if you're the New York Knicks, you need to address other issues, and you need all the cap space you're gonna you're gonna need. Getting rid of him, you save about 12.2 in the cap. This was just a business decision. I'm happy for D. Rose, and maybe he could sign on a contender, maybe a, a veteran's minimum, and he can be a key bench role. He can still play at his age. But as we saw, when the Knicks traded for him on the Pistons a couple years ago, he was very pivotal for the New York Knicks. But right now, you can just see he's digressing and digressing and digressing. And I just hope that, like I said, another team will definitely pick him up and we'll go from there with him. And that's it. But it was a business decision. And here's the reason why I think they did this. And let's now segue into the other deal that they're working on. So there is a $12.9 million player option for Josh Hart. Now there's reports that they have agreed to extend the deadline to Thursday, June 29th. I thought this was a good move on both sides. Um, it allows the Knicks and Josh Hart to, to continue discussions where they can either settle on that deal or they can offer Josh Hart a contract. I even saw reports that he could sign this player option and then sign another contract. So that would be five years right there. The most he can get is a four-year $81 million contract. 
And this is why the Knicks did this move with Derrick Rose and the decline as option. They need all the money they can get for this Josh Hart deal. Now, I know some fans are going to have hope and say, well, maybe he'll just sign that player option and we can keep him for a year. I don't think so. Josh Hart has stayed multiple times. He's going to opt out of the player option, and he wants a multi-year deal. But with him and the Knicks agreeing to extend the deadline, for me, that says that Josh Hart wants to be a Nick. I believe that they'll find mutual ground and they'll sign a multi-year deal. If you're the Knicks, you have to make a, you have to make this signing. He was a pivotal part of the New York Knicks push to the playoffs. When they traded him, when they traded for him from Portland, when they had to give up Archie Diacono, Cam Reddish, and a pick, it was the, the juice the Knicks fans and the Knicks organization needed. He was a great bench player. He did it all, and he battles in the trenches. What I mean by battles in the trenches is he does a little bit of everything. He gets you rebounds. He gets you assists. He can shoot a little bit. He plays great defense, and he's great for chemistry, and he displayed the 90s New York, the 90s Knicks. He was that type of player, hard-nosed type of player. And for me personally, he's becoming my second player, uh, second favorite player on the team. Of course, Brunson is number one, but I would definitely love to have him on my team for a few more years. He's young. Why not? I can get another jersey. I'll have two Knicks jerseys within two years. That is insane. Francesca, my girlfriend, if you're listening to this, Josh Hart, that would be great. You know, I really could use this jersey. Josh Hart's the man. But moving on now to the New York Yankees. It is Yankee star Aaron Judge, the toe injury that was suffered at the Dodgers game on June 3rd. It is revealed that he has a torn ligament on the big toe. Aaron Judge has been basically the whole Yankee team, offensively and defensively. It's sad because when he's gone, you can tell the big impact that he has on this team. He's one of those players where the impact he has on the game, both on and off the field, is just, it's so magnified where you can just, you notice it especially in the New York market. As a Yankee fan, you should have expected this. Injuries were going to happen to him, even if it was a freak accident. He is one of those players where if an injury happens, you're not. it's going to be a long injury. And this is what, what were the concerns when you signed him to that multi-year deal. It was not, can he play in New York? It's not, is he a good player? The problem was... Can he stay healthy as a New York Yankee? When he was originally injured, the Yankee organization was trying to hide it. They were trying to hush-hush it. So that should have been your indication, as a Yankee fan, that this toe injury could be something more serious than a sprain that they were claiming. And I've noticed that with the New York Yankees. They don't like to disclose out injuries. They will definitely try to hide it as long as they can, milk it as long as they can until they have no choice but to give it out or divulge the information to the media. And here's another problem. There is no timetable for his return. Now, right now, the Yankees are staying afloat. They are winning games. But if you want to go somewhere or even make the playoffs, 
You're going to need Aaron Judge. Who is on that team that is going to do something for you? Donaldson is not doing anything. He's batting a buck something. IKF, all right, he's improved. Their pitching has gotten a lot better, but you need that power bat. You need the hitting. And with him gone, it's it's. let's see what they can do here. Let's see what they can do. Let's move on to my New York Mets. So nothing really crazy happened. I mean, besides what happened today, as the day of this recording, the Mets just lost two out of three to the Phillies. I don't want to talk about that. The Mets traded utility man or utility infielder, whatever you want to call it, Eduardo Escobar to the Los Angeles Angels. Four right-handed prospect pitchers, Coleman Crow and Landon Marshall. Marcio? Marcio. One for two, two for one, however you look at it. Let's look at the Mets side and who they got. So they got a right-handed pitcher in Coleman Crow. He's 22 years old, and right now he was pitching in double-A. He has a 1.88 ERA, and he has 31 strikeouts to 6 walks in 24 innings. That's really good. That That is a solid arm. He's still young. He's only 22, and I have a feeling he'll be moved up to AAA. So we can see this guy maybe end of the year, maybe next year, depending on injuries. He might even get called up very soon. And now with him being traded to the Mets, he's now the 11th-ranked prospect in the New York Mets system. I like Coleman Crow. I have high hopes for him. I'm happy that they made this trade for him. But let's move on to the other prospect. Landon Marsha, right-handed pitcher, he's 23 years old, he has a 4.88 ERA, and he has 12 starts in high A this year. I don't have as much confidence in this guy. If you are 23 years old in the minors, and you are not past A ball, or you're not pitching in double A or triple A, odds are you aren't going to make it. I hate to say it. There are cases where guys make it at 26 and 27, but that's a rarity. For Landon, I'm not sure if he can make it. I I mean, I'll give him this. He is now ranked 18th, um, eight, ranked 18th prospect in the New York Mets system, which that doesn't really mean much because the Mets farm system pitching-wise is not as good as it's been in the past years. But I feel like... Coleman Crow was the prize of this trade, and Landon was just a throw-in. But you got two prospects, and that's good. I thought it was good for them. But let's move on to the Angels now. So who did the Angels get? Who is, our, who is Eduardo Escobar? So he is an infielder, but he can play third, second, and some short. But he's most likely going to start third base with injuries. And the Mets are pretty much paying for all of his salary but the minimum. And this is the last year of his deal that he signed with the Mets in the offseason. If you're the Angels, you're not paying for much. You paid in two prospects. Really one that's really good, Coleman Crow. But if you're the Angels, you're trying to win now. Um, for Eduardo, he was heating up before he was traded. He's a good player, good clubhouse guy. I actually really liked him. He's one of my favorite players on this team. Unfortunately, he got traded, 
you know, best of luck to him. At least he'll get more playing time. But that moves on to my thoughts. I thought it was a fair trade for the Mets and for the Angels. If you're the, if you're the New York Mets, Escobar's role was diminished. And here's why. Escobar plays third. Beatty plays third. Beatty is your top prospect, and he's younger. You're obviously going to put him out there. The New York Mets fans have been screaming for him to be playing third. And then you also have Mark Vientos, who's a high prospect, and he's been called up and down. So that was the reason why the Mets made this trade. Also, if you're the Mets, you're able to net two pitching prospects that were needed. The Mets' pitching was horrible. I have more confidence in Crow. Marshall again, Marshall again, like I said, was just a throw-in. And if you're the Mets, you used your money correctly. You're basically paying your way through two prospects. This tactic has been used more and more throughout baseball. And this tactic is, okay, listen, we'll give you these prospects, but you have to pay for this player's contract. The Mets did it with James McCann. The Yankees did it with Anthony Rizzo. So this is a trend that's going to continue with big team owners. They're getting smarter and smarter. They're realizing we can use our green, our dinero. We can use that to pay for prospects. And if you're the Angels, it's a need. You have so many injuries to your infielders. I think you're trying to send a message to Shotani. Trying to tell Shotani, like, listen, we're trying to win this year. We're trying to win now because you want him to stay. Because when he hits the market, he's going to get a big payday and he's going to have big suitors such as the Mets, the Yankees, the Dodgers. Every team's going to be looking on him. So right now you're trying to show him, show, no pun intended, you're trying to show Shotani to stay and not leave. I know, guys, there was just a flurry of information out there, but you know me, when new things come up, I have to say this. I have to just bring it out to you guys. Break it down, tell you how it is, how I feel, my personal opinion, the Long Island opinion. But a lot of things going on. We're going to try our best not to deviate from the original plan yet again. I know I said this last episode. I know I said this the other episode. But when things happen, and they come up, we report them to the T. But on the next podcast, hopefully, we will be able to discuss the New York Knicks. And the Brooklyn Nets roster, who they have, who's on their roster, what are their needs, and what is a fan wish list for both teams? What do you want? Who do you want on the Knicks, and who do you want on the Nets? But obviously, realistically, because if I'm the Knicks, I want Jokic, but you know that's never going to happen. So we're going to do a, like I said, we're going to do needs and a fan wish list, but a realistic fan wish list. That is all the time we have. But I just want to say I appreciate you all listening to my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your uh, wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe. But also remember, if you want to contact me, my Instagram is sjn underscore podcast, sjn underscore podcast. And if you want to reach me through email to discuss. Maybe talk about the show, you want to get on the show, you have a take you want me to say, anything. It is a S-J-A-M-E-S-N-O-U-R-I-3 at yahoo.com. 
And again, guys, thanks again. That's all the time we have. This SJN, we are signing out.